General George Pickett married a Haida wife while stationed in the San Juan Islands, but details about her were lost in history due to a lack of records regarding indigenous women and the miscegenation laws and racially motivated stigma towards Indians at the time. When local histories were written, the best the indigenous wives got was, he married an Indian woman, stated author Candace Wilman in her book, Peace Weavers, Uniting the Salish Coast Through Cross-Cultural Marriages. Miss Pickett's life on San Juan Island deserves examination because she's a figure known due to reunion with General George Pickett and inaccurately portrayed because even her name is lost unless you believe the mythology of her being referred to as Princess Morning Mist. General Georgie Pickett was stationed in the San Juan Islands after being assigned frontier duty in the Washington Territory. Pickett was a never-to-be-forgotten figure in the history of Whatcom County and of the Lower Sound due to his role in the Pig War on the San Juan Islands. Pickett arrived to the island having lost his first wife, Sally Harrison Stewart Minge, during childbirth and then later his father. Many men on San Juan Island practiced cross-cultural marriages due to the example of the fur traders with Hudson Bay Company as a way to secure trading opportunities and favor with tribes and to find companionship. The meeting between the Haida teenager and the 31-year-old Pickett most likely occurred at the Semahu Fort and the consideration of an alliance with the northern seasonal raiders was a possibility in pursuing a union to keep the settlers safe. It should be noted that a survey officer stated the Haida women were very good-looking with fine features. Their union was reportedly done with tribal customs, which were not recognized, and by the Justice of the Peace, Russell Peabody, but these ceremonies were illegal in Washington Territory in 1857 and therefore not recorded, and county marriage records did not exist until after 1869. Miss Pickett resided in the Pickett House, then referred to as the Head House, and integrated into the lifestyle of being a wife to a husband who was from a southern background accustomed to servants, and she would learn from the other indigenous wives on how to assume the role. Pickett and his wife soon expected a child, and James Tilton Pickett was born on New Year's Eve. Their son was named after territorial surveyor General James Tilton. While the birth was successful, Mrs. Pickett died a few months later in 1857. Her death was not documented, which has led to different accounts of when she died, but according to records, General Pickett requested bereavement leave in April of that year. Candace Wilman wrote in her book, Interwoven Lives, Indigenous Mothers of Salish Coast Communities, of her theory on how Mrs. Pickett passed, and she documented how people sick with influenza and a fatal rheumatism were located down the hill from the picket house, and nursing mothers and infants were among the most vulnerable to winter-spring epidemic. General Pickett ensured his wife was the first indigenous woman to be put to rest in the White Cemetery, which would have caused a public outcry at the time. Her grave was lost to time, though, since the dead man's point became overgrown with vegetation and the markers were made of cedar. Their son James, or Jimmy, was most likely cared for by a fort or town nursing mother with his godfather looking in on him, although the mythology suggested he was sent away to his native grandmother. General Pickett attended the various issues involving gold miners, a visit back home to Virginia, and upon his return to the San Juan Islands, the Pig War fiasco. Due to his military duties, Pickett and Tilton delivered James and the Chinese tea chest that belonged to his mother in the big Skookum Bay home 
of Aaron and Catherine Collins in December 1959 to be cared for, and Pickett provided the couple with a monthly sum. General George Pickett resigned from the Army in 1861 after President Lincoln demanded Southern soldiers who fought for the Confederacy make their allegiance again to United America and return to San Francisco. He sent Jimmy items to remember him by in case he died, such as a Bible with a lock of his son's hair. It is romanticized that he paid one final visit and that he wrote, Love Your Mother Always, but it was not true. He did arrange with Tilton payment plans and for him to check in on the boy. It was unclear if Pickett's southern family knew of the boy's existence, since Virginia had strict laws on race mixing. Reportedly, Pickett informed his sister Jenny of the boy in case he died. When he married his third wife, La Sally Corbell, in September 15, 1863, during a period of the Civil War, Corbell later fought to resurrect his reputation after his tarnished in Gettysburg when he followed General Robert E. Lee's orders and marched his division into federal guns, killing half of the 12,000 men under his charge. She stated Pickett took on the boy as a trade from a chief. Together, Sally and Pickett had two sons, George Edward Pickett Jr., who died at sea while returning from the Philippines in 1911, and David Corbell Pickett, who died as a young boy in 1866. The son from the San Juan Islands grew up with Catherine Collins as his constant support system and her husband's Aaron, who passed in 1870 when Jimmy was 12 years old, and her second husband, William Walter, who acted as a surrogate father. Jimmy grew up among the other children Catherine cared for and demonstrated artistic capabilities encouraged by the adults in his life, for Tilton still stopped by to check in on him and deliver letters and payments from General Pickett. Jimmy never reunited with his father since Pickett passed away in 1875. Jimmy was enrolled in the Union Academy in Olympia at age 19 to continue a prestigious education due to his artistic talents. It was said of his personality, Sitting on a rock and focused on Tumwater Falls one day, he failed to notice the rising tide and had weighed ashore. With an eye on art school, he wrote to Sally regarding funds and sent her sketches, but she did not assist him. He made a ripple in the art world with his painting of Captain J.G. Ship, the messenger, displayed in San Francisco at the Mechanics Institute Fair. In the press, he was referred to as the unacknowledged half-breed son of the rebel George Pickett. He continued to finesse his skills and teach art at the Union Academy. Jimmy later relocated to Portland, Oregon, and worked at the Oregonian formed friendships with notable artists, and attend art classes. With a loan from the Collins family, he made his way to the California School of Design, but his dream did not last long when he became frustrated with their introductory style of instruction. He returned to Portland disillusioned by the art school he had longed to attend and by a meeting in San Francisco with his half-brother, George Edward Pickett, Jr., who rejected him due to his Indianness. But he continued on as a struggling artist who suffered from tuberculosis after illness and depression. His life gained momentum after investing profits from illustrations in several features in the Oregonian into land. He claimed the property in Whatcom County his father had set aside for him as a boy by threatening to sue his stepmother Sally. Jimmy's actions redeemed his mother's status as General Pickett's wife with a deed he filed in court. He swore under oath his father left surviving him as his sole heirs at law, his wife Sally Pickett and his two sons, George E. Pickett and his affiant, and no other children or heirs.
He sold the property and invested in land in Spokane and Mercer Island. Jimmy's tuberculosis and an outbreak of typhoid overtook him at the boarding house he resided in. Before he passed, he did a sketch of the Alaskan while sitting with the shipwrecked survivors, which brought on a new bout of depression. He knew he was going to die, and he deeded his Spokane property to his landlady, and the great fire then wiped it out. He died on August 30, 1889, with his friends reading aloud letters to him from his father and Sally's letter about his father's passing. The chest his mother left him now resides in the Washington State Historical Society to be preserved due to the care of her son James Tilton Pickett, who endured his own racial obstacles but continued on a path of his own making.